Eventually, I went to America. There, no one believes in werewolves. James Blish Chapter 1 The Moon is a Harsh Mistress My grandfather used to tell me he was a werewolf. He'd rope my Aunt Libby and Uncle Darren in, try to get them to nod about him 20 years ago, halfway up a windmill, slashing at the rain with his claws, him dropping down to all fours to race the train on the downhill out of Boonville and beating it, him running ahead of a countryside full of Arkansas villagers, a live chicken flapping between his jaws, his eyes wet with the thrill of it all. The moon was always full in his stories, and right behind him like a spotlight. I could tell it made Libby kind of sick. Darren, his rangy mouth would thin out in a kind of grin he didn't really want to give, especially when Grandpa would lurch across the living room, acting out how he used to deal with sheep when he got them bunched up against a fence. Sheep are the weakness of all werewolves, he'd say, and then he'd play both parts, growling like a wolf, his shoulders pulled up high, and turning around to bleat in wide-eyed fear like a sheep. Libby would usually leave before Grandpa tore into the flock, the sheep screaming, his mouth open wide and hungry as any wolf, his yellow teeth dull in the firelight. Darren would just shake his head, work another strawberry wine cooler up from beside his chair. Me? I was right at the edge of being eight years old. My mom dead since the day I was born. No dad anybody would talk about. Libby had been my mom's twin once upon a time. She told me not to call her mom, but I did, in secret. Her job that fall was sewing 50-pound bags of seed shut. After work, the skin around her eyes would be clean from the goggles she wore, but crusted white with sweat. Darren said she looked like a backward raccoon. She'd lift her top lip over her teeth at him in reply, and he'd keep to his side of the kitchen table. Darren was the male version of my mom and Libby. They'd been triplets, a real litter, according to Grandpa. Darren had just found his way back to Arkansas that year. He was 22, had been gone six magical years. Like Grandpa said happened with all guys in our family, Darren had gone lone wolf at 16, had the scars and blurry tattoos to prove it. He wore them like the badges they were. They meant he was a survivor. I was more interested in the other part. Why 16? I asked him, after Grandpa had nodded off in his chair by the hearth. Because I knew 16 was two of eight, and I was almost two eight, that meant I was nearly halfway to leaving. But I didn't want to have to leave like Darren had. Thinking about it left a hollow feeling in my stomach. All I'd ever known was Grandpa's house. Darren tipped his bottle back about my question, looked over to the kitchen to see if Libby was listening, and said, Right around 16, your teeth get too sharp for the teat, little man. Simple as that. He was talking about how I clung to Libby's leg whenever things got loud. 
I had to, though, because of Red. The reason Darren had come in off the road, driving truck mostly, was Libby's true love ex-husband, Red. Grandpa was too old by then to stand between her and Red, but Darren, he was just the right age, had just the right smile. The long white scar under his neck, he told me, leaning back to trace his middle finger down its smoothness. That was Red. And the one under his ribs on the left that cut through his mermaid girlfriend? That had been Red, too. Some people just aren't fit for human company, Darren said, letting his shirt go, reaching down to two-finger another bottle up by the neck. And some people just don't want it, Grandpa growled from his chair, a sharp smile of his own coming up one side of his mouth. Darren hissed, hadn't known the old man was awake. He twisted the cap off his wine cooler, snapped it perfectly across the living room out the slit in the screen door that was always birthing flies and wasps.